Welcome to another episode of the Dentology podcast where we discuss the business of dentistry. In this podcast series we'll be discussing all the non-clinical aspects of dentistry from goodwill values, finance, marketing, how to buy and sell a dental practice mindset through to where you can invest your money in team management issues. My name is Andy Acton and I'm joined by my co-host Chris Strevens. Let's jump straight into it. So welcome to our latest episode of Dentology, the Business of Dentistry podcast. And today our guest is Oliver Acton. And Oliver is the founder of FGA Media. He's also a mechanical engineer and family man. Welcome, Oliver. Hi, great to be on after Hi, editing so many of these. And yeah, also, really good. And his son. He is. Just in case you yeah. might have missed that one, but the similarity <laughs> in the surname gives the clue away. Yeah, for those yes. that don't know, yeah, Oliver's my, my eldest son, and he got dragged into the business uh, a few years ago now just to help out. Um, and <laughs> as, a, as a group, uh, we needed to represent ourselves in the world of video marketing. So Oliver came in to help us out. But just talk us through, because you're obviously qualified as a mechanical engineer. So what was that kind of segue shift from doing engineering to now being a videographer. How did that come about? <laughs> I'd say it's a bit of a left turn. Um, but so yeah, when I was at uni, got really into motorsport and I went to do engineering to get into cars and that stuff and started doing a lot of video and social media marketing for the Motorsport Society. So oh. I was recording our go-karting races and that kind of thing. And then slightly fell out of love with my degree as I got towards the end of it, still finished it, still got it and everything, but it was a lot more maths and physics. And it's like, okay, whether I want to see myself doing this as a long-term career. Right. And then decided that if I could do videos and carry that on and get somewhere near cars and mm. <laughs> that kind of thing. And yeah, just fell into the love of videography and watched countless hours and their stuff on YouTube and lots of self-learning and self-teaching. I think the and other thing... here we are for, today, three years later. <clears throat> for me, Oliver, is I've known you obviously quite a while, um, but yeah. you've got this... Uh, you've got an amazing creativity, but you, that, that, I think... You, but you've always been creative, you know, with a band and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I played... Was it when I started learning piano? That was year two, year three. Oh. So, yeah, I was about... Yeah, eight or nine when I started that. And then, yeah, been in various bands throughout secondary school and performed. I was played once with the Junior London Symphony Orchestra oh, with it? trumpet. Um, yeah, and performed to what's, what's the chief of festivals, probably 1,500 people. Yeah. In, in the festival. And yeah, so yeah, done, played up London and stuff. So no, there's always been a creative side, so, even though I ended up going and doing engineering at uni. Because it must be, I, I always think to myself, I know I've spoken to you a number of times about it, you know, engineering is like engineering, isn't it? You know? quite and, and then, then we've gone from engineering to, to being a, a um, brilliant creative director of, of what you do. And you can't sort of imagine many engineering grads going, well, I'll tell you what, I'll go and do a bit of media. It, it's, it, they just yeah. don't sit almost as best. Say, you imagine that they're very different parts of the brain. Yeah. You know, you've got the creative... Yeah part that's whirring away but then you've also got that logic and principle based stuff mm. <clears throat> thing is, i think that's where it does help so obviously you've got the creative part and making nice videos and all of that stuff but then it's linking it to how does this actually help the client mm. and turning that into a business and actually analyzing the numbers side of it as well and, and you're quite right about that marry yeah. those two together 
because you're, you're right. It's, it's not just creating beautiful videos for, for mm. us and for you. It's, it's creating beautiful videos, but what's the end game business mm. objective of that video and where does it add value and how yeah. do you get an ROI on that? Because that's the thing. They're not inherent. Obviously you can do it cheap if you want something high quality and it's going to actually get an ROI for you in your business. They mm. suddenly become not super cheap things. You want to make sure that you're going to get that return. Yeah. So absolutely. having that idea at the forefront before you even start is a good idea. Yeah. And I mean, for us, we got into video, <clears throat> I think we got started about seven years ago, but to be honest, we were playing, we were playing at it. It, it, it wasn't anything <laughs> big. Yeah. And I think we took it seriously about three years ago, which would have been when you joined us to, to help. Is that quite typical? Because I feel now we've hit a tipping point where video is core to how you present yourself on social media. Yeah. Um, lots of the, the smart websites now have a, a headline video mm. and people want to see and hear the people behind the business. And for me, one of the best yeah. ways to do that is, is video. And is that is our experience quite typical of what's happened across the, 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 in, you know, the, the different industries you work in, but particularly dentistry? Yeah, so I think a lot of the time it starts off with a slight, un there's two ways people usually go about it. One's the free Instagram version. You see them posting a lot of stories and that starts to work and that starts to get a bit of traction. And like, okay, should we get something a bit more on brand and professional done? Which is then we step in and start to build their video portfolio and their content marketing. And then you get the other side of people that haven't done that and just not decide one day that they want video, but understand the value of it, but understand that it's not something they could do themselves or don't have the time to do themselves. And that's where, again, we can step in and help out. It's so, so important, think, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I think your guys' experience and our experience, we started on the Instagram just posting side, but we started with just a mobile phone mm. and a gimbal. Yep. So, yeah, we started on that almost virtually free side. Mm. And then they've progressed that into what we're doing now. It seems to have become, I don't quite know if relaxed is the right word or it's because we've all become, but I can remember when we, when we did the, the first videos, it was, it, it always looked a little bit stuffy and felt a little yeah. bit stuffy. Don't you think so? Uh, it, yeah. Do you know what I mean? When you, when you look back now and is it because we've all become more comfortable with it or is it because the style of shooting that you you know i've seen the stuff you do that yeah. the stuff you produces looks more relaxed because I, I in my head i was suddenly thinking oh yeah we we videoed that do you remember that seminar we videoed oh, which yeah. which was completely had no personality whatsoever within oh, it it was, it was just like i mean before oliver answers i'll give my, yeah. I, I think it's a combination i think we're more relaxed I think we also see a lot more video and that makes you more relaxed that we're doing video because you're not alone and we were quite right. early on in that. But also I got to go on a shoot with Oliver a few weeks ago. And so yeah. I sort of stood behind the camera. I was watching Oliver working with, we had a guy that was basically being interviewed and creating some content, but standing watching Oliver and watching the person who is being interviewed the relaxed style from Oliver and the feedback to the person that was being filmed put them at ease. Right. So I think it's a combination of us being more relaxed, but also creating an environment 
which makes it easy for Vidion for relax. being more relaxed. <coughs> yeah. Because I just yeah. remember, yeah, I'd forgotten that we, yeah. I'd forgotten we even no. dabbled in it. But I just remember, I don't think we ever used it because we just felt it was a bit stuffy yeah. and not represent. Yeah. I mean, that's the interesting, not representative of of us. Of us. I mean, that, that, yeah. that that's kind of almost like the client side. How, how do you see it? Well, I think it's an interesting thing for us three because we've grown together as presenters and creative. Mm. So in the past three years that we've been doing all of this, obviously our techniques have improved and the way that we make the videos improved, but also obviously you guys presenting the ideas that we've come up with. So as a full entity, everything has grown up together. Whereas now when we step into a business, we have the ideas, we have the creative mm. to bring that from day one, mm. rather than having this kind of three year run up to be where we are now. Yeah. And I think for some clients, from talking to people generally about how they um, use video and whether they're looking to integrate it into their marketing plan, I think yeah. sometimes people feel that it's going to become this massive Hollywood production and it's going to be a bigger thing than it actually needs to be. Yeah. It, 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 is that the case? Do people sometimes talk themselves out of doing video because they think it's going to be this this huge thing but actually it can be quite simple it can be quite cost effective and it can be something that's quick to deliver yes i think it's essentially you get out of it what you want and what you put into it mm. so we've had clients where we've done a single day we've had four or five different locations the lights bells whistles everything and it has turned out a very hollywood-esque kind of experience for them Whereas other people are just much more simple, be like, look, this is all we want. We want a much more kind of paired back approach. And obviously that does factor in the budget and things, which is um, yeah, quite nice for them. But yeah, yeah, so obviously it doesn't have to be this full on experience. Mm. Yeah. You can tailor it for exactly what you need. And it's to the personality of the client. Yeah. Mm. So some people don't want to be running around in flash cars and like, jumping out of aeroplanes and that kind of thing. Um, whereas, yeah, they might just want a simple, neat, aesthetically I think that personality of the account, that personality mm. of the person is really important because you're right, it has to have congruence. Because if you yeah. have presented yourself in a particular way over what could be decades to mm, patients yeah, and your team and everything else, and you suddenly yeah. produce a piece of video content where you're looking a bit like a maniac, that doesn't sit well but equally if you are a, a very animated person that should come through on the video as well so i was gonna say oliver i presume you've got to sort of be not just not just the the videographer but you've all and the set dresser but you're you're probably directing people are you as well and saying you know just yeah. chill out a bit no don't do that don't wave your hands around it, it, it's a very engaging yeah. process, oh, the amount of times it? we've done so say we've got eight videos to do, talking to camera, the amount of times we've gone through all eight and then redone the first one or two, because right. people do relax, people chill out. Like the first one I found a bit stuffy and a bit clammy. And the thing is, most, well, 99% of the population don't get in front of a camera every day, no. especially mm. dentists or business people. It's not a natural thing for people to do. So people do relax and it's, 
everyone comes out of it saying that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Mm. Is there a standard approach that, that, that you take to the creative process? Are there certain things that you do that makes sure that one, you end up with a good result, but from the people who are involved in the process, it works for them as well. Because like you say, most people don't sit in front of a camera and have to present or perform or whatever it might be. So is there a kind of a, without it being kind of formulaic, is there a standard process that you go through to, to make sure that the, the results are as good as possible? So I think we always start from what's the video going to be used for? So that changes the entire thinking and process. So say if it's a web, website headline video, you won't have that much speaking on it. It'll just be like nice shots of the surrounding area of the practice or the business. Um, whereas if it's something for, say, educational information or for term Instagram, there will need to, someone to be presenting it, which then if the person's slightly nervous or hasn't had presenting experience, we try to give them as much guidance and bullet points as possible. Whereas flip that to someone that has a lot of presenting experience, you can kind of just let them run with it. But it's, <clears throat> it, you try and give someone as much um, confidence and bullet points and notes as you can. Well, you get people where you've yeah. had to drag them back, you know, where they've wanted to be like <laughs> Tom Cruise or something, and you've sort of had to say, oh, I think you really need to like just chill out a bit. I, I work, I work Calm with down. one. <laughs> I work with one. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm going to get you to superimpose like the MGM lion behind us or something. Yes. We, we have had some out there ideas. <laughs> we've had to think. A good idea, but whether we're the company to pull it off for you, <laughs> I, I think that's a really good one. MGM or someone. <laughs> yeah. Um, or does this actually work for your business mm. and for your brand? I, still a good idea in its own yeah. right, but uh, does, does it fit? So you've yeah. got to be very diplomatic then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and let, let them down softly and say, yeah, yeah turning up as... Batman to your practice. <laughs> Could look funny. <laughs> it might not work. Are you, you haven't yeah, had someone want to do that, have you? No, fortunately not. <laughs> not, not throwing someone under the bus. And, and, and do you also, I, I assume you would create different content in different styles based on the platform as well? Because, you know, yes. we, we've created video that might sit on YouTube, which might be information based, but then also we might do shorts that would appear on Instagram Reels. We don't really do TikTok, but that's another platform. So I assume you need to think about where this content's ultimately going to be delivered when you're mm. going through the creative process as well. Yeah, so we started off with um, just having the same video, which then you can reformat into all the different formats. So LinkedIn, YouTube, and probably Facebook, you can have it as the same 16 by nine format, but then it's Instagram, you want it to either be square or slightly taller. Right. And then we have recently started moving into doing specific Instagram content. So right. that's content that is only going to live on Instagram. It can go on the other platforms, <clears throat> right? but it's probably dedicated for the audience and within the native app. Well, which we right, feel yeah. works with the rest of the content on that yeah. platform. And the thing is, there's, some, than, there's yeah. some amazing content creators out there. So you, you need to, everyone needs to up their game and make sure that their content is relevant to the platform it's being delivered on. You know, yes. I, there's, and, 
I looked at a guy recently, he's, he's actually a dental student, I think his name's Zach Chug, and he does lots of um, content yeah. on Instagram, uh, mainly around um, food, uh, making kind of high oh, protein yeah. type food. His content's amazing. It, it is, yeah. It's really good, it's well edited, it's engaging, it's snappy. Mm. And this is a guy who's just creating his content himself. So if you're mm. a business yeah. and you're not competing on a like for like in terms of quality of content at that level, then the danger yeah. is you don't get seen. No, well, I always link it back to a, an American entrepreneur, Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, yeah. And he, I think it was the early 90s, he started running his dad's business. It's a place called Wine Library in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And he got heavily involved in Google Ads. And then when social media came out, he's very heavily involved in social media. But he's got to a point now where he has over 20 people running just his social media. So that's wow. creating content, publishing content. That's huge. Getting him into new places. I mean, that's yeah. a huge amount of content. That's for what, that, doesn't, that doesn't include any of the businesses. That's just one person's social media. Wow. That's insane, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm not I mean, saying that people have to get to that point, but it just shows <laughs> what some people are doing out there i was going to say what it could be oh. this 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 podcast as you know is is aimed at the the dental profession um yeah i i know that fta media works across a number of different sectors the you know motorsport industry property and, and a number of others have you yeah. found that useful in creating content for dentists and dental practices having that external influence of other industries and professions and hmm. drawing some of the things that happen in those worlds and for the benefit of dentists yeah, so obviously from myself, fortunately, I came from a kind of motorsport-esque background in terms of where I started doing videography, but having also the clients that outside of dentistry, because I feel within any industry, you get a bit stagnant and samey. Mm. So you start creating the same videos, you go to another practice, or even if it was motorsport, you go to another race, you shoot the same shots, you deliver it, it's broadly the same as the last video, but bring out to pull different elements and different ideas from different sectors really helps obviously our clients and us keep it fresh. Right, yeah. Obviously different <coughs> sectors move on at different rates as well. Mm. So all the ideas change. Yeah. Uh, um, and what is it about video? And, and it's probably quite hard to answer, but we used to just basically have words <laughs> yeah. and, and then we had pictures and yeah. now we've got video. And as people, that's what we're drawn to. And is it is it mm. the the urge to know more about the people behind the business? It, it makes people more three dimensional. What 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 is it that, that seems to get better results from people using video? I think it comes down to the personality of trying to understand the people. So back when words were the only medium, that was all you had, mm. which is why people talk about these great authors because they understand the person behind it, which then it moves on to radio. And then that's why people wanted to listen to interviews of the people that were on it and started listening to these radio presenters, which is when they got famous because they understood the presenters presenting things. And then obviously TV and video came along. And it's just that one step closer to the people that you have heard about and idolize. But obviously then that goes down to a granular level on social media to say you're a principal at a practice your patients want to know who you are, mm. like what makes you tick, how do you behave, how do you talk to your staff, yeah. that kind of thing, how do you behave around the practice? Is that 
looking behind the curtain. Yeah, mm. but I, I know as well there's a stat, isn't there, that in terms of how communication is received, I think it's something like 55% of the message that's delivered is received via body language. Yeah, it's not yeah. necessarily the what you say or the how you say it. It's huh? the body language that goes alongside. And I guess video gets to the core of that. And mm. if you can actually see the person, then you can see if they're passionate about it or if they're enthusiastic or whether they're open in their style. Yeah. That is a much easier way of getting that across through oh, the video mm. than, than anything else. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you roll back only, what, 10, 15 years? And imagine having to – imagine the process you'd have to go through to get a video made for your business. Yeah. Imagine loading so, it on on dial-up. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and that's the thing. It would never get seen because there's nowhere to put it. Yeah, no one would be able to play it. Which, yeah, whereas now it's so accessible and so easy to do. Mm. Why it's not? an interesting one, isn't it? I was, as, as you were just saying, it, I hadn't really thought about it because you, you sort of don't think about it until sometimes someone raises the question, if that makes sense. And, and I was yeah. thinking, yeah, when, you, when you're, you know, trawling the web, if you come across something that's got a really bad video on it, mm. you, you instantly are making a judgment about the really bad company that would even allow a really bad video. It's, it's quite an interesting, wasn't it? You, know, you don't think, oh, that's a bad video. You sort of think, oh, do they not really care enough yeah. to do that? And I think it's quite fascinating. To, to produce good content. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but then I think there's, there's definitely a difference between the bad content and just updating content. Yeah. So we yeah. say just start, like start on your stories, post an Instagram reel. That's not necessarily, just because it's low, low quality, it's not bad content. Yeah. Right, yeah. And then as it grows and grows with your business, you will want to update it and get some more further on brand content. Well, mm. I suppose it's what you were saying earlier on, when you started mm. off, you did it with the phone. Yeah. And yeah, now, you're gonna... now you're using some pretty sophisticated camera stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah exactly. for, and in terms of kind of the business of dentistry, are there some numbers mm. for dental practice owners that kind of make them think actually business is, yeah, so video is good for business. Yeah, you know, we should be doing this because it's, it's good for us. Are there some numbers that dentists and dental practice owners should be, should be aware of? So... I think it, it increases your, or should I say decreases your bounce rate on your websites up to four times. So that means four times as many visitors that visit your website will click off within, I think it's seven or eight seconds. Wow. So it kind and of that's captures important them. for your SEO, isn't it? Yeah. Because if your bounce rate oh, 100%. Is, is high, Google then don't serve you up, do they? Yep. Well, that, 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 yeah. That's yeah. far and as I'm aware that's simplistically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. And then it manages to get a bit of your message across rather than just having a static homepage. You can have it, obviously, my shots of your practice and to get, yeah, exactly what you're about across quicker than them having to scroll down and read your About Us page or that kind of thing. Um, now, I think the interesting one is this year is meant to be um, over 80 or 85% of all content uploaded is video online. Wow. Jeez. Well, I suppose it's so, so easy now, isn't it? You know, do you remember when the, uh, the hmm. that first person put a camera in a phone and oh. everyone went like, who wants a camera in a phone? Yeah. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I remember when Instagram came out, I was like, who wants to see photos of people's cat and food? That's all yeah. it's for. <laughs> and now it is what it is, and there's full-on industries built off it. Yeah. 
That's incredible, isn't it? So, so going back to that thing about yeah. words, pictures, and video, mm. if 80, mm. 85% of your feed is going to be video, if you're not doing video, the risk is mm. you just don't get seen. And someone else is. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? Oh. If you're not doing it, yeah. someone else is going to be doing it at your expense, yeah. potentially. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's going to be the post above you or the post below you. And yeah. everyone's fighting for that real estate in the feed. Yeah. Mm. And where if you actually do get in front of someone, you want to make the most of it. Mm. Mm. And obviously the videos that you create, um, they're high production value. They kind of had a degree of longevity with them, which you kind of expect because, you know, there's an investment from the client side yeah. of things. But everyone's got one of these these days. So could people also just be using their, their smartphone to create content so they can continually be seen on, on people's feed in different places? Is that, you know, it, yeah. should there be a mixture of kind of the professional production quality of a video plus the organic stuff that you're posting regularly? Yeah. Well, I was thinking of it as someone like Ryan Reynolds. You see him in his Hollywood productions. He's got mm -hmm. now his Mint Global phone thing at the moment you see him in all, in all these high quality bits which reinforces yeah. his high quality brand and what he's about and you can say like okay yeah movie star he's got himself put together yeah but then it's stepping it down to him posting about his stories behind the scenes showing what he's about as a person and kind of just keeping that usual updated content but then also right. then going back to the hollywood productions of the nicest mm -hmm. stuff to further reinforcement. I think it's, it's that whole level of layers yeah, of having that brand and then kind of who's behind it and then further down is like, okay, how do you operate? And so it needs yeah, thinking about it. It, it sounds to me like it needs thinking about as opposed to just haphazardly creating content, whacking it on a platform and then going and thinking about your next bit of content, you probably need to do a little mm. bit of thinking about and how do we want to be seen? And there's probably a place yeah. for some of that, I'd imagine. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the other things that amazes me, again, Oliver, with you in the office is that mm. when you're editing, you know, that, that there, there's a real skill in the edit, isn't there? You know, and mm. if you can, if you edit it wrong, it, it doesn't look right. I, it's, I can't really explain it. I just think that it's, it's one of those things that unless you've really got the idea or you've got the experience, pretty tricky to edit stuff mm. to make it still look good <laughs> yeah well that's where our magic is it's usually in the edit mm. so if we film a show obviously you know roughly what i want it to look like but you are just running around a show getting as many shots as you can with as many things as you can but having an eye on the edit and how you want that video to turn out means when you get into the editing suite it's kind of just a matter of putting it all together mm. and already having that vision. And do you typically, I know you work with a whole host of different clients. Are some mm. clients very clued up and specific about what they want the end result to look like? And others are taking a very heavy lead from you mm. in terms of what the end the end is going to look like. Is, is there a mixed bag or so? Because I'm sure some are, are very sharp on, on how they want to be represented. Oh. Yeah, it's, it almost comes threefold. So at one end, you've got a client that knows exactly what they want. Like they're almost directing me on the day, mm. being like, look, we want these shots. We've got these example videos. We want this, that. I've got a script. Like they know frame by frame exactly what they need. 
<laughs> then you've got the middle client who kind of knows what they want, but will take a bit of direction from us and we can lead them to get to find the thing that they want and what works for their business. And then you've got the other side, which they know they want video, they know they want it, they know they want it to look good, but they kind of give us free reign just to make them look good and kind of come up with the whole process. Right, yeah. At, who would yeah. you prefer to work with, given the choice? Probably the middle client. Oh, really? So, yeah, someone that knows kind of what they want. They've got an idea, but need a bit of coaching and a bit of guidance on the way, rather than us having to be completely creative, because obviously that puts a bit of almost trepidation on our side. Because if we get it wrong, we don't meet their expectations, mm. but they just said, have at it. Mm. Um, I suppose in those, yeah. in those situations, they don't really even know what themselves, what their no, expectation no. is. All they know is it either worked oh. or it didn't work. Yeah. So that, that is a little <laughs> yeah. bit like putting your hand yeah. into a bag and just hoping there isn't a snake in it. Yeah. 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 Whereas you've got clients on the other side where we're just a glorified camera person. Yeah. And they know exactly what they want. And it's yeah. just like, okay, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. You just put it together. Yeah. And I imagine because of what you do, you get to go to some pretty cool places mm. too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was off it. I was over in Hamburg um, about 18 months ago with um, DMG. And I was up in Edinburgh for the BACD conference, um, the back end of 21. So we're up there handling all the video and social media marketing. Yeah. For that. And then um, I'm also off to Dubai in February. Right. Which would be good fun. That's so, good. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I come to Brooklyn's Park. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not yeah. in a plane either. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, get, we travel all around the country. I've been over to Wyatt and places and been off to Wales. So, yeah, no, it's, it's nice to get around. Mm. And, and also that yeah, must be inspiring in terms of creating content. If you go to interesting locations, that that must help. That helps your creative juices yeah. get going. Surely, must oh it? yeah, oh yeah. It's definitely <laughs> one of the the perks of the job. They don't come up. I'm not travelling around the world every <laughs> week, but w when they do come up, yes, yeah, it's, it's very nice. And what sort of advancements can we expect from video in in the future? You know, we've obviously seen um, virtual reality coming, and there's you know AI. Yeah popping up in most industries at the moment. Is that going to filter through to, to videography? Are we going to see more virtual reality type concepts and, and AI appearing? Yes, I think virtual reality and the whole metaverse thing, if you follow it on Facebook, um, could become a reality in the next decade or two, um, which will be very interesting to see how marketing feeds into that and how people keep on showing adverts and what that world looks like. Um, there's also some very interesting AI coming out for video editing right. where you just kind of label your clips and the software will pick the best examples and match it to the music and kind of create the video for you, which is still very early days again. So maybe over the next decade or so that will take the, the strain of us, maybe in just the first edit where mm. you leave the computer to do its thing and then we analyze it. But so, yeah, I think there'll still be a human element because at the end of the day, it is an art form. Yeah, it is an art. So, yes, that I hadn't thought yeah, about so that. Yeah. I think has to be a human element in it. Yeah, the virtual reality, the metaverse thing, I guess there's going to be the need for people to mm. create 
content in that because it's just another platform. Yeah, you know, what you were saying before about the difference between the headline video for website against TikTok against Instagram, mm. the metaverse or yeah. whatever verses are out there, there's the gonna be a part there's gonna be a part of them, isn't there? But they're all gonna need content oh, yeah. of some sort. Yeah. And that content's gonna have to suit that platform. So that's gonna be a new opportunity as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's gonna be incredibly interesting how advertisers change their their thinking and process to try yes. and weave their way through. Yeah, wow. that's fascinating. Is that modern yeah. technology? I always find it, you know, sometimes you, you, you'll you look at something on TV, I can't, I can't remember, as a, a, and some of the games, or if you look at, a, you know, the, the PS5, PS4 games, and the, the people that are on there, they are computer. Yeah. But they they look so real. And I think that's the sort mm. of scary way that technology is mm. becoming, isn't it? So, yeah, AI and all that. Sort yeah. Of stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think it's fascinating. It's been great in talking to you and finding out more kind of behind the scenes <laughs> yeah. stuff, because yeah. isn't it? Yeah, we obviously yeah. we obviously work with you and we see a lot of the, the front end stuff, but we don't sit down and talk about kind of the mechanics of what goes into it and, mm. and how the whole thing gets knitted together. Yeah. Um, we're going to treat you in the same way as everybody else. And we always ask guests two questions uh -huh. at the end. Um, yep. So the first question is, if you could yep. be the fly on the wall in a situation, um, what would you what would you go for? A situation you could be looking in on? So I'd have thought about this one, and probably someone who has exploded, well, he's already famous, but exploded in the past year or so, is um, Jeff Bezos. Right. Yeah. But to be a fly on the wall in his garage, right at the beginning when he yeah. had, have you seen the photo with like the spray painted yeah. Amazon sign? Yeah. Um, so yeah, just to ha get into his mind when Amazon was a six figure business before it was a, well, it was a 10 figure business Yeah. now. So it's just understanding, did he think about where it could go more? Did he have any idea where it, where it was going to end up yeah. or was yeah. he just, yeah, was he as surprised as everybody as else? Yeah. Or did he, yeah. did he have that inner belief did that he, he knew it was going to be, you know, this thing that was going to dominate yeah. retailing. Yeah. Or did he just think it was going to be a really, really good online bookstore? Yeah. 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 And he you dominate that market. What, online? Yeah. No, don't be silly. That's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who thought that would work? Yeah. What do you think Netflix started with uh, posting DVDs through people's letterboxes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Along yeah. with Love Film. That's right, yeah. yeah. I remember it well. Yeah, yeah. Poor old Blockbuster <laughs> took a turn in yeah. the road, didn't they? Because they didn't believe in all that, all no, that exactly. streaming stuff. Exactly. Uh, it's a fad. And then our, our, <laughs> our, our, our next one is um, if you could meet anyone, um, so either fictional, real person, someone that's no longer with us, someone who's just still around, who would you like to meet and sit down and have dinner with? So myself, probably not coming as a massive surprise being a big motorsport fan, would be Toto Wolf. Who's oh, yeah. the team boss for Mercedes? Yeah. Who is interesting to me because he had he came from a finance and business background. Mm. I think he was an investment banker. Yeah, yeah. And did that for 20 odd years, got into F1 and didn't have a obviously he was very interested in F1, he liked the racing, but he treated it like a business, not mm. like a racing team or someone that's come up from the ground roots to f1 mm. is like okay how do we treat this as a profitable business i.e earning the money and winning races and build the team up from there mm. 
Jake Humphrey yes, does a great, um, a great podcast called High Performance, and he interviewed yes. Toto Wolf. Um, and yeah, the guy's an absolute machine. He's so <laughs> clinical. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great listen. But no, he, he would be a really interesting yeah, person to, to sit. He's a really interesting person to sit down with, I bet. Mm. Especially as we come yeah. to the climax of the Formula season, One yeah. season with <laughs> three races to go yeah. and everything to play for. Oh, ever it be, yeah, single digit points in it. Yeah, so, exactly. So, yeah, very interesting to, be, to see what happens. There. Him or Christian Horner will be very happy in three races' uh -huh. time. <laughs> yeah, one of the two. Yeah, <laughs> lovely. I'm sure one of them will be a F1 boss. And, and one of them to a spice girl, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very true. That was really good, really interesting. Thank you very much indeed. That was fabulous. Yeah, no, um, thank you guys. Yeah. And like I say, we'll uh, we'll keep looking for your content as it as it appears all over the place. <laughs> yeah, and I get to edit my face for the next couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. You've got a job yeah, to do now. <laughs> yeah, come back to the office. Yeah, thanks a lot. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> cool. Thanks. Bye. So there we go. Another another episode. Another one. Video is just fascinating, isn't it? Really, I think it's. It's almost one of those ones that we all know it's there, but we don't sort of know it's there. I think we've become so used to it. It's so commonplace. That, I know what you mean. That unless you really think about it and say, actually, if this is my business, whether it be a dental practice or anything, you really do need it mm. because we've all just got so used to it, mm. but you don't think about it. I think what gets me is still how many businesses aren't engaged with video. Mm. You know, you, a lot of the content is being produced by a few businesses. Mm. It's not everybody's on board with it. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't need to be this big, complicated, expensive, hard yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think like Oliver said, you know, it's like sort of start now, get perfect later. You know, you're not going to just suddenly appear on the screen and it all be smooth and easy. No. You know, when you first start, as you said, you know, the, the first few bits we did, it's kind of <laughs> stiff and starchy. And don't, don't get me wrong, we're not, we're not pros at it, no. but you do relax more. The more you do, the yeah. more you relax, it gets easier. But if you keep putting it off and you don't step into that frame, your competition are. Yes. So the danger yeah. is. You're going to lose the opportunity. Well, well, and also you just slip further behind. Yeah. I was just thinking, you know, uh, yeah, everyone wants about ROI, ROI. But I was thinking, can you imagine if you... If you produced a video, I don't know, cost two and a half grand, whatever, or whatever charges for something. And it, by the fact of the way it looks and the way your practice is, it then attracts an Invisalign patient. Oh, uh, it's paid for itself. You need one, don't you? And, and once you've done it, then, then the, yeah. It, yeah, it's. And also the nature of things, if it works once, it's likely to keep working. Yeah, I say once you've set it running, yeah. the only thing you've got to do, as Oliver was saying, is just make sure you update yeah. it. But it's, it is truly amazing the number of people that don't or haven't engaged with it. Yeah. Because they say for various reasons. I think reasons. it is. It's that, it's that fear of, of stepping in front of the camera. Mm. And I suppose as time goes on, you then have to think, and I think we went through this a while ago, uh, you, you then start to say, well, what's the damage to my business if I don't? Yes. So yeah, is, yeah, is, yeah. is my ego and my, my, the risk of me looking a bit of a wally yeah. to start with because I don't really know what I'm doing. Is, is that worth not doing it? And I suppose that's, that's a really good point, isn't it? The safety of someone like Oliver, he's not going to let you look a wally. Everyone's, you know I mean? everyone's got a vested he's interest to, 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 to do something good. 
yeah. he's going to want a produced, polished, so as you come out well. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. I thought it was really good. Yeah, no, it very, was, very useful. Yeah. Thank good. you for listening to this episode of Dentology, where we discuss the business of dentistry. If you like what you heard, please do subscribe where you found this episode. That would be amazing. And also follow us on Instagram.